0: This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Reynolds has turned the page to what's next by making it possible for you to retail anywhere. Discover your next chapter at reyrey.com slash me. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash me.
1: Welcome to Daily Drive. For Monday, February 13th,
2: 2023, I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show... Ford picks Michigan for a $3.5 billion LFP battery plan. Toyota's incoming CEO says his team's top priority is reforming its EV strategy. And dealers fear rising interest rates will hurt in several ways. Plus, we'll unpack all of the auto industry Super Bowl commercials with ad age news editor E.J.
3: Schultz. You know, one school of thought is, okay, this is the best time to advertise because it's a time you need to generate demand, but. If you don't have the vehicles to sell, then obviously that could be not a great
1: use of money. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford will invest $3.5 billion to build a lithium iron phosphate battery plant in Michigan. The company says will be the country's first automaker-backed LFP battery plant. Ford says the investment will allow it to offer LFP as a second battery chemistry in addition to its nickel cobalt manganese technology. It says customers will be able to choose an electric vehicle with, quote, unique battery performance characteristics most aligned with their needs. The automaker says it will add LFP batteries to its lineup this year, starting with the Mustang Mach-E. The plant will be built in Marshall, Michigan, about 100 miles west of Detroit.
2: Toyota's next CEO, Koji Sato, is pledging to drastically revamp the carmaker's slow-going electric vehicle strategy. He says he'll do so with the new leadership team, which he announced today in Japan. While announcing the new roster, Sato said the accelerated EV rollout would center around a next-generation platform. Toyota expects that to arrive around 2026. The ramp-up comes amid mounting criticism among some investors, environmental activists, and EV enthusiasts that Toyota is falling behind in the global race for battery-powered cars. Sato said Toyota will stick with a diverse powertrain strategy as championed by his predecessor, Akio Toyota. The Japanese automaker will continue to develop hybrid, plug-in hybrid, and hydrogen-powered cars in addition to pursuing EVs. New vehicle inventories pulled back slightly last month, interrupting a string
1: of recoveries that stretched back to last summer. That's according to estimates from Cox Automotive and the Automotive News Research and Data Center. But inventories are still significantly above where the industry was a year ago and far below where it has been historically. Cox estimates U.S. inventories at about 1.7 million in its most recent assessment. That's a 57 day average. That's down from the 1.8 million vehicles it said were available for sale the previous month, which represented a 58 day supply. Cox attributed the decline to increased sales. The inventory figure is about 62% above where it was a year earlier, but it was still nearly a million vehicles short of where it was at the same point in 2021, and less than
2: half of where it stood at this point in 2019. And dealers fear that higher interest rates will affect consumer vehicle demand in 2023. Some expect the increased borrowing costs to erode finance and insurance product sales volume or force lower rate reserve margins. Our Automotive News 2023 Dealer Outlook survey of 264 dealers and dealership managers in January found interest rates were overwhelmingly dealers' biggest concern for 2023. 70% of respondents ranked higher rates among their top three worries for the year. Dealers said higher interest rates wouldn't just affect their ability to sell vehicles, but also their ability to stock them, with higher floor plan costs expected by many dealerships. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, inventory was rising. Then it fell last month. Should we be worried?
1: You know, I think it's probably a maybe a good sign. At least it's not too bad of a sign. Uh, you know, production has been rebuilding and getting back closer to full speed. You know, we saw January. The sales pace was the fastest it's been in more than a year. So to come out of that with basically flat inventories uh, similar to the year before uh, is probably good, you know. Everyone's trying to figure out what's the right amount of inventory to have. You know, the old days, uh, two years ago, when, it, or three years ago, when it was double the inventory, that was too much. It wasn't profitable or a wise way to run the business. Of course, not having anything on the lots isn't good either. So trying to find the right middle ground, whether it's one and a half, two million, something like that, at least it feels more like we're in a healthy place. And Jamie, you caught the Super Bowl, right? Sure. Of course you did. <laughs> uh, what do you think of the automotive ads? There weren't a lot of them. You know, I was watching, I've, I've been covering this beat for a long time. And it's like, even though I don't watch the NFL, I, I have to watch the Super Bowl because the ads are often so newsworthy. This year, I mean, the first two auto related ads I saw one was for, uh, you know, WeatherTech floor liners and another was for a local Chevy dealer. But eventually we got to some of the big ads from the, the big brands. We'll have more on that later. And
2: coming up, we'll talk more about those ads with EJ Schultz of Ad Age. That's next on Daily Drive.
0: Reynolds and Reynolds recently announced a new logo and brand image to better reflect the company it is today and its vision for the future. Hear what Chris Walsh, president of Reynolds and Reynolds, has to say about Reynolds rebrand and the next chapter. I think you know, if you look back, it really started, you know, probably two years ago with a new leadership team in place and the decision to kind of look at how we can be a better company and how we can better serve our customers and how we can help them be more successful. But it's really accelerated the last you know twelve months. This is a commitment to a new kind of company in my eyes and a new way of kind of cohabitating in the industry, helping our customers be more successful. And uh, you know, the marketing side of this is, I mean, it's certainly important to help to have a marketing organization that, you know, kind of takes your messages and makes them concise and, and impactful and, and broadcast that to the world. That's certainly a critical part, you know, of what we're doing. But this is not a marketing program. This is, a, you know, a company wide initiative you know, to better serve the industry and to, you know, help us get to the next chapter uh, in automotive. Visit reyrey.com slash me to learn more about Reynolds' vision for the future and discover your next chapter. That's reyrey.com slash me.
1: Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. For advertisers and companies hoping to generate buzz around their products, the Super Bowl is, well, the Super Bowl of their year. In the past, the auto industry has been a big buyer of that airtime. That hasn't been so much the case in recent years. Supply shortages have changed the calculus about whether the investment is worth the return for automakers. We saw a handful of car and truck ads during the game last night. To help break those down, I spoke with E.J. Schultz, news editor with our sibling publication, Ad Age. I reached him in Chicago. E.J. Schultz, welcome to Daily Drive. Great to be here. So it's right after the Super Bowl, you've been spending so many of the recent weeks getting ready for it and covering it. And one of the things you really drew out even heading into the show is just how little auto advertising there was this year.
3: Yeah, historically, auto brands have carried the weight of the Super Bowl traditionally and, and done some of the best ads over the years, but it's become a lot more unpredictable as chief marketing officers, other executives sort of determine, you know, how best to use their marketing budget in this sort of crazy environment of auto sales given supply constraints and also sort of the softening sales environment. You know, one school of thought is okay, this is the best time to advertise because it's a time you need to generate demand. But if you don't have the vehicles to sell, then obviously that could be not a great use of money. So we ended up seeing four ads in total from just three automakers, Stellantis, General Motors, and Kia. That was less than last year when we sort of had a an unusual blitz of Electric vehicle ads from multiple automakers, but it, it did match the total I think from uh, twenty twenty when uh, you know we first started dealing with the supply issues. But historically, it's it's definitely a modern low. It, it's it's down there in terms of number of brands that decided to spend the money.
1: What's the general vibe around advertising in the Super Bowl? Is there are other industries feeling this sense that maybe the the return on that investment isn't as much? Although I mean, clearly the the prices were high continue yeah, to I go mean, up some, right?
3: some brands paid as much as seven million dollars for 30 seconds and you know the, the the mantra over the last several years has been how do i extend that investment across more than just this 30 seconds via social media via free media attention we saw you know brands outside of auto you know some successful some not it really comes down to two i think it's a in my opinion, it's a smart play if, if you're a newer brand and you want to raise awareness. We saw some brands that probably most people hadn't heard of, not in the auto category and like shopping apps, things like that in the game. You know, when it comes to automotive, traditionally it's been used if you obviously have a new model coming out that fits the calendar and you want to promote it. But automakers have sort of moved away that from that approach, even in recent years, to do more corporate type messaging, more thematic. especially around EVs.
1: Well, Polestar was one last year that as a new brand, you know, Ponied up to get to get on the big stage and get some attention, and with such an anti-Tesla ad that kind of made the got them maybe a little more earned media,
3: right? And when you see stuff like that happens, it's usually the case they don't come back the next year. Okay, they kind of like did their <laughs> thing, and they got to wait another five years
1: save their money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, too small of a brand to to go to the well every year. So let's talk a little about the ads that that did run. Kia, uh, the Binky Dad. You
2: forgot the Binky. I forgot the Binky. Tragic.
1: Hashtag Binky Dad. It was cute ad. Was a, I think people like the story, but I, I, it's one of those where I always feel like it's a it's a cute story. Will people remember the brand? Right.
3: My mantra for simple advertising is stick to simple stories, well told. You don't want to try to jam too much in a 30 seconds or a minute because people are watching the game. They've got other things going on. And I thought Kia kind of cleared that bar you know, is a pretty simple story. It's easy to follow, even if you weren't paying attention to every detail. It's interesting, you know, they were one of, of the four brands. Kia was the only one that advertised a gas-powered car. You know, the other GM and Stellantis both decided to promote their electric vehicle ambitions. And then Kia tried to extend it beyond the game with a sort of a stunt that people would look at TikTok, to see alternate endings of the ad and I haven't checked this morning to see how well that's gone over. sometimes you know it's it's more stunty than anything else, but it's probably not that much money, so why not try it?
1: right right No that, it was interesting. Uh, so Ram uh, Ram had Jason Jones comedian making lots of uh, thinly veiled jokes as if he was selling an erectile dysfunction product. Nice. Are you excited about buying an electric vehicle but worried that it could leave you unsatisfied? then you could be one of many Americans concerned about premature electrification. Symptoms may include fearing you might not be able to last as long as you'd like. There was plenty of charge before, and sometimes it goes away.
0: A lot of times.
3: You know, when I first caught wind of that ad, I was I was kind of like, wow, that's a huge departure for Ram, uh, especially for the Super Bowl. Their chief marketing officer, Olivia Francois, has no, has been known over the years to try to tackle more inspirational society type advertising. <laughs> you know, they they channeled a Martin Luther King speech a couple of years ago that got sort of mixed reviews, but some of the classics, you know, you go back several years, obviously the farmer ad and, and then the Chrysler ad, the famous Chrysler ad from back in the day imported from Detroit. This, this was, you know, definitely, <laughs> definitely a new approach. The ad was called premature electrification. You really don't need to hear much more than that to understand what the ad was about, but they were trying to to promote the uh, Ram fifteen hundred rev, I guess R E V REV reverend however they pronounce it, which is yeah Ram you know, EV, the truck. so yeah they have shortened it to
1: rev in some yeah. cases. I think they're still working out, still workshopping the <laughs> right. how that's going to be. Used. Which of
3: course it won't even be for sale for another what year or so.
1: Right, but that's what made it such a weird message to me. It's like we we want to sell you our electric truck, but we're going to do it by making fun of electric vehicles. And I mean, maybe it's because they don't have one in the market yet. And so they're like, hey, if you're not quite ready, maybe you'll be ready in a year or two <laughs> when when we actually have a Ram to sell.
3: Right. And, and they may have gotten a few last, but then, you know, some people may have been left wondering, well, what is your truck all about and, and why is it different? Or did they, did they really talk about that enough to get, you know, the most out of their investment is sort of what I was wondering. They're trying to drive people to a website um, and maybe truck enthusiasts. maybe it, they will you know, visit that site. Um, As a result of this ad, we'll have to see what those numbers look like.
1: Yeah. You know, humor is always tough and especially uh, around that kind of a topic. Uh, But I thought at the very end, it won me over. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was funny in those last seconds that just made it all kind of okay. Yeah, I
3: did. I did see some people I respect in the marketing community, um, you know, former chief marketing officers from outside automotive that thought it was funny we'll we'll see how that ends up grading out and probably won't get the real score on that one for a few months when we see kind of the interest in, in the vehicle
1: yeah yeah so uh the jeep ad that was fun kind of weird this was actually a, positioned as a sequel i don't know
3: if you, you you remember the um jeep last year actually barely very well received ad um, called Earth's odyssey where they sort of remade 2001 space Odyssey soundtrack to the sounds of animals promoting their electric vehicles it's sort of like I guess suggesting that these evs they're quiet they're they yeah, coexist you can actually in nature, the nature yeah right and so they they did a follow-up a little more f- playful I think like the super Bowl ad called electric boogie they actually lined up Shaggy, the, the reggae artist, and redid a version of Electric Boogie. They brought back uh, one of the singers of the 1983 version of that song, Marsha Griffiths, uh, who recorded the, the song together, and they put it up against footage of, um, well, with some help from CGI and animation of animals dancing to the song.
0: Like,
3: it was sort of a fun-loving spot. Can't go wrong with that kind of approach in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah. And of course, it's, you know, GM trying to reshape its image and embrace an electrified future, which has not been necessarily what we used to think of Jeeps, you know, growing up. Yeah. GM and Netflix teamed up. It seemed like there were a lot of those sort of tie-ins between various brands or things. Yeah, that was
3: a definite theme across the game in, in other categories. We saw Molson Coors connect with uh, DraftKings to try to add sort of a betting element to their ad. The GM ad, they went back to the Will Ferrell well. He was in their ad a couple of years ago for the Super Bowl. This was plugging their new deal with Netflix to put GM EVs in popular Netflix shows. In this particular ad, put Will Farrell sort of invading Stranger Things, Squid Game, and Bridgerton, and, and sort of having some fun with that. What
0: about here, Erica? You're ruining the show, you idiot. What do you mean? It's me, Dusty. You're not. Yeah, you're right.
3: This is ridiculous. You know, some of the early analysis out this morning from the ad tracking reviews, and there are a million reviews that'll come out, so you can probably find a winner amongst all these somewhere. <laughs> but GM did, I think, did pretty well on that USA Today ad meter, which is one of the one that's highly cited, so... Maybe they sort of won the game amongst all the auto brands with this approach.
1: Well, it allows you to touch on a lot of other popular brands, right? I mean, Squid Game and Stranger Things and all that, you know, so that that makes some sense. I want to ask you also, uh, there was at least there were reports there was going to be an anti Tesla ad. It was supposedly targeted in certain regional markets. Uh, They didn't play it here in Detroit um did you see it was it shown where you live or did I, you i'm it in online? chicago
3: we did not get it but i know it aired and the reason i know it aired is because i saw elon musk tweeting about it <laughs> <laughs> and i you know this was targeted for it was interesting approach they're targeting it was from um you know a longtime critic of tesla dan o'dowd who's a founder and ceo of green Hills software um, and the whole approach of the ad was to portray that Tesla's so-called full self-driving software as unsafe. It was a pretty jarring ad. It, you know, one scene showed a Tesla crashing into a, a, you know, a dummy of a person standing on the road. And they targeted, you know, state capitals, Washington, DC, places where sort of politicians and regulators live
0: with this. Tesla, full self-driving will run down a child in a school crosswalk, swerve into oncoming traffic hit a baby in a stroller. You know,
3: we caught wind of this late in the week. I think Automotive News wrote about it. Interesting, for sure.
0: Yeah,
1: I wonder... (sighs) In the business, how, do, how does that work? We think of buying a Super Bowl ad and it's, you know, it's a national buy and it's five to seven million dollars for 30 seconds. Uh, but you see different companies and different organizations uh, like O'Dowd's Dawn Project, you know, buying these spots in targeted areas. Do you have a sense what the outlay is for something like that? Yeah,
3: there are several
1: local ad breaks throughout the game
3: and you can string them together, you know, targeting specific markets. I think in a lot of ways it's a smart way to go. It ends up costing less money, and if you have a real, if you have a brand that, for instance, you really want to increase exposure in certain areas, it, it can be a smart way to spend money. I, this is a unique case where he's literally targeting specific types of people that are, you know, in lawmaking and, and regulation. Depending, you know, they can get pricey if you buy enough big markets. If you know, we see some brands that will just buy New York, L.A., Chicago, and that alone is for the Super Bowl, is going to be
1: pretty expensive. I saw, I mean, like a, a local Chevy dealer had an ad on you know, in the first half and a local lawyer, you know, I mean, the lawyer, the law firms, they have all kinds of money to spend, but I was surprised to see a Chevy dealer, especially doing one on EVs.
3: Yeah. Toyota sat out the game nationally um, for the first time in a while. And, but I noticed here in Chicago, we, we saw, you know, more of a Toyota regional uh, dealer type ad that ran that I'm sure, you know, ran elsewhere as well more basic ad you know it's not going to get it's not going to impress the the sort of creative class but you know maybe it gets the job done
1: for them people are watching it's a chance to make an impression right all right ej schultz from AdAge, age thank you so much for joining me today
2: thank you great to be here that's daily drive for today i'm jamie butters and i'm kellen walker thanks to automotive news coordinating producer jake near as well as our own michael martinez hans grimo larry Valquet and john hutter for their help on today's podcast you can get the latest news on automotive advertising manufacturing and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com come back tomorrow for a conversation about the challenges of ev
1: charging if you enjoy the podcast remember to like leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode